Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. On this episode of Beyond the Bump, we chat to Ellie Bullen from Elsa's Wholesome Life, and we chat all about becoming a mother to her beautiful son, Bowie. We talk about when she knew that she was ready to have a baby, her pregnancy, her birth, why having an epidural helped her, those first few postpartum weeks and what she found unexpected, some of her go-to newborn products, postpartum body, you name it, we talked about it. So we hope you love this one as much as we do. Hi Ellie, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. To kick things off, can you give us a little intro about you and your family? Hi guys, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm super stoked. So my name's Ellie, I'm a new mum of 10-week-old Bowie and I have my husband Alex at home and our dog Oatley and we're living on the Gold Coast. Amazing and what do you do for work or what did you do for work? Well, I'm still doing what I did before because I work online as a social media influencer slash cookbook author slash dietitian slash a small business owner. We have a online store called The Wholesome Store. So kind of lots of things going on. And because I work online and from home, I've kind of just moved into motherhood, still being able to maintain Amazing. What breed is your dog? She's a Bernadoodle. <laughs> Funny you should Dude. ask that because everybody wants to know what breed she is. There you go. I didn't, you'll be jealous. I just saw her out the front and oh. they can't get her in for a haircut so she had a top knot. And even though <laughs> even though I'm not a dog person, it was very cute. Oh, <laughs> you should have yelled out. I know, but I knew that we would. it would be yeah. an hour later and we wouldn't have started. She's the best. Jade and I are relatively new to moving into the, like, online world. Like, we've been doing it forever, but only recently have we been able to, like, cringe but call ourselves influencers. <laughs> What's your advice on like setting boundaries? Because I suck. Everything's online, so you can do it all the time. Oh, How do you set boundaries? It's so hard. I mean, now with a baby, it's like I have to physically set boundaries mm. because I've got to tend to him so many hours of the day. But we've kind of set boundaries as in like when we're having dinner or meals, no phones. And then we've tried, this is only relatively new, but weekends we try to switch off from work as much as possible like for me I'm always going to be sharing what I'm doing day to day on my stories and be online but just stepping away from like wholesome store work or being at the office or shooting jobs and things on the weekends yeah trying to make that clear-cut work no work yeah, yeah great that's awesome <laughs> but it's a very hard when you're working from home and you love what you do you constantly just want to keep working yeah because it's mixing creating. passion with creating yeah and then you're like oh I just because my husband says it to me, Jade, get off your phone. I'm like, I know, but I've just got to do this because if I don't do it now, I'm going to forget. And he's like, yeah, but you do this all throughout the day and then you're just like overwhelmed by the end of it. And yeah, I'm like, totally, exactly. I need to have my hours. Even like, if it's something that you love, it still does take energy. Yeah. So you can't do yeah. it all the time. Sometimes I catch myself in, myself in the shower doing stuff and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just <laughs> be showering right now. So for the conditioner, <laughs> then I'm like, check the email. It's got a little shelf in my shower and then I'm like, this is dangerous. It's going to leave the phone outside. And it's constantly lighting up and then I'm like, no, keep it away. <laughs> That's a whole nail. 
Now let's get things started from the start of Bowie, mm-hmm. I guess. Bowie, your son. How did you know you were ready to have a baby? I feel like you don't ever know if you're ready, ready. But we were basically, we got married. We're almost two year anniversary next month, so almost two years ago. And we moved back to Australia straight after getting married, bought our first time. And then I felt like it was kind of like the next step for us. And Alex, my husband, had always wanted to be a dad. It's like his dream. Like if you said dream job, he'd be like, dad. So this is like him living out his dream here. (laughs) But I think after we got married was when it clicked for me that I started looking at other little families and being like, oh, I can't wait for that to be us. Like, that's our next thing. And then we got the dog and I think that sort of made our home, like, more homely and more of, like, a family. And then it was just, like, the next thing to have a baby. So That's right. Having a husband that was so keen on having kids, did you feel any pressure because so often it's the other way around because my husband, like, has wanted kids since the day he was born and I had to kind of be like, babe, just wait a second, like <laughs> stop up. trying to <laughs> fertilise me, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like that with him. I think from, like, when we first met, he was always, like, kind to be dad, but he had, like, one rule, he didn't want to be 30, over 30. He was like, just please give me a baby before 30, <laughs> which we were pregnant before his 30th, but didn't have the baby till after, but still that classified as a tick Absolutely. for him. Tick the box. <laughs> so I waited as long as I could, but he was never really pressuring as such. Yeah. But I think he was just pretty keen to you know yeah get that ball rolling yeah did you do anything to get ready for getting pregnant well it was a bit of a surprise for us so no I mean I went off the contraceptive pill years before and then I moved on to the what's it called the copper IUD Mm -hmm. so that was kind of like the next step to get my like hormones regulated and that part of my body ready for children um and I had that for about two years and then I maybe that was only a year actually 18 months something like that and then I took it out about six months before falling pregnant but we weren't trying we were planning to try for a baby like 2020 uh, the old planning let's and it was just a few months then. earlier that it happened yeah but it was actually a total fluke and it's really hard to say this because i know for some women it's like it's really hard to conceive and fertility is like a huge issue but for us it was like a huge surprise because we were safe every time except one time which wasn't planned on like the cycle or anything. It just fluke mm-hmm. happened, which I think sometimes maybe that is when you're not trying, you're not thinking about it. There's no stress involved. There's no stress. Yeah. And obviously when that time of the month is right, there's something in our, you know, the way we are that will maybe make us do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, you should see Jade when she's in that time. <laughs> you can't put pants on her. <laughs> you can. How did you find, just because you brought this up, how did you find the copper IUD? Didn't because love. Didn't love it. It made my periods really heavy yeah. and painful and I had, before that had really light, unpainful. And then I had that too. Yeah. I pulled like, it right out. So Because it's the hormone-free Yeah, one. it's a hormone because I can't deal with yeah. hormones. So I had the copper IUD and I yeah. felt like I was bleeding to death. Yeah. Yeah, literally, I was like, I'm already iron deficient. I'm yeah. going to need infusion if I get this in. Yeah, because I just know that it's an option that a lot of people don't know about. They yeah. think, you know, if I'm going to use contraception, it has to be hormonal, but it is another option. But I have heard that lots of people feel like they're just hemorrhaging. Yeah. My girlfriend got hers embedded in her uterus. Uh, Could you imagine? Oh, God. My sister had a really traumatic experience with them putting it in. They had to try three times, and she was like, I will, I will never take it out because I never want to have to have it put back in again. Right. Like she's like, just Until that like in there. After and, children. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, there it goes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Is it in yet? Yeah, it's in. <laughs> and how was your pregnancy? Was there anything that surprised you along the way? It was, I feel like it was pretty textbook. Like I had a really good pregnancy. I had morning sickness, obviously, in the first trimester. And I think that was the hardest 
because that's the, you know, the 12 weeks where you can't tell anyone or you're not supposed to tell anyone, but you're like struggling to keep it all under wraps because you're so unwell or unmotivated or you start feeling like you've got this pudgy belly and you're not bikini ready. But other than that, the second and third were really good. I think what surprised me the most was how comfortable I became with my body because it's kind of like this learning experience of your body's on this journey and it's changing so rapidly and I thought I would struggle a lot with that but I kind of surprised myself by embracing it a bit and just letting it you know do its thing the last month was for sure pretty uncomfortable though I got like pretty bad rash on my belly that was really itchy Mm. and then I ended up getting stretch marks right at the end I thought I was getting there I'm like yes I haven't got a stretch mark and then all of a sudden one day I was at the beach looked down and went oh I see one and then within weeks I was like okay they're everywhere I've heard so many people say they got to like 40 weeks and they're like yes and then they're like 40 weeks in a day and it like pops up and you're like oh my god I I got some after some showed up for me after not badly but but um, that makes sense because when your stomach goes down you can start to see more of the lines yeah yeah and I thought that like initially when it happened I was like pretty devoted and I was like oh I had a little cry and then after that I was like oh you know what I don't care yeah whatever I think after birth I was like whatever now please tell us you eat really well well it seems on social media in that first trimester did you live off a beige diet like we did or were you still eating well two minute noodles (laughs) yeah what was the other thing I ate hot dogs no. Oh, she's vegan. Yeah, you can have <laughs> not those. <laughs> not those. No, it was more the real simple, basic stuff I ate as a kid. I think it was – I definitely ate, like, tuna noodles, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and maybe just, like, plain Vegemite toast. Yeah. It was so, I was like, oh, my God, I'm giving myself no nutrition. I think no. I, at the time I was shooting an ebook for, like, a Christmas wholesome store vegan salad just this ebook, <laughs> and you're like, and I was literally like cooking it and shooting it and gagging, and then I'm sitting at the computer editing the photos, putting it into this ebook, and just like I can't even look at the photos, and I still to this day can't look at the photos. And Christmas Day, I like made all these salads, and I was like. I might just have some bread. <laughs> and you're like, like someone else come and look at this and tell me that it actually looks yeah, appetizing because like, like, to it me it's good not. And I'm like trying to eat it like, Alex, it's delicious. I'm like, okay. I'll good. take your word for it. That's so good. No, it's good to know because I feel like so many women guilt themselves that there's no way they can be giving their baby what it needs in that first yeah. trimester. And I like say to anyone, eat what you can. Exactly. Like it's better than eating nothing and – I remember the doctor telling me when I had to go into hospital with hyperemesis and I was so down on myself for just literally eating a bag of crisps. He said Every, any, any tiny thing that you are getting, the baby's actually getting all the nutrients from, yeah, like, whether it be water it or whatever. He's like, you may feel like a piece of shit, <laughs> but don't worry, your baby's fine. I'm like, oh, well, then that's fine. Then. <laughs> Great, give me the chips. Yeah. Who, who gives a shit about the vessel <laughs> as long as the baby's fine? <laughs> totally. Was there anything that you did during your pregnancy to get ready for birth or parenthood? We did the hypnobirthing course, which I this loved. This is very popular. I loved the course because, like, if I go back to January when I was, I think I just told all my friends and family, and I remember having a girls' weekend with all my girls and being like, I'm just going to walk straight in there, give me an epidural, I don't want to feel that. Like, I'm so terrified. I've always been so – because I think going back, back when Alex was always like, I want to be a dad, I was like, you know what, if you could – you know, get pregnant and birth the child, I'd be down on it. But, like, I'm totally afraid, so I'm just going to wait out as long as I can. Yeah. So I was terrified of birth and labour and all that. And then I did the course 
And after that, I was like, I'm excited. Yeah. Bring it on. I can't wait to feel this. And I was like, I don't want to be induced or I don't want to have to go in for an emergency cesarean because I want to feel all the feels of the contractions. I mean, now that I've done it, I'm like, did I really want to feel <laughs> But going into it, I was excited. Like every little niggle, I was like, yes, bring it on. And did you feel like because you do, I guess, show quite a natural lifestyle online, did you feel any form of pressure to, you know, have drug-free and For make sure. sure it was vaginal? For sure. I think that? I remember when I was in labour going like, I just feel like I've let everyone down because by I think it was like 20-something hours that I wasn't progressing and I was like, okay, I think I need the epidural. And I was like, I need it now. Because like, no, you can do it. I'm like, no, I need it. I'm yeah. going to die. Like, I'm going to die. I was in that stage of like, I think I'm going to die. I can't get through this. Yeah. So I was like, felt this like feeling of like, oh, am I letting everyone down? Because I did the hypnobirthing course and I was so vocal about how good it was and how much I was excited about birth and all that and that I wanted to have a natural birth. I felt like everyone would be a bit like, oh, how disappointing. But it wasn't that at all. I think it was just my mind playing tricks on me. Totally. And so how was your birth? Long. <laughs> drawn out. But, I mean, yeah, it was kind of like it went in stages. Like we laboured at home for about, well, I think I was like, okay, I'm definitely in labour around midday slash around 3 p.m. I was like, it started to get more regular. And I went into the hospital around midnight. So we sort of did at home for as long as I felt I could. And then I just started to get like uncomfortable because I knew I'd have to go somewhere else and get comfortable again. And in my head, I was like, oh, this could be really like soon. Like I reckon it's going to be before the morning. So when it got to midnight, I was like, we got to go to the hospital. And then we went to the hospital and set up camp there and, I thought like, yeah, it's all going so well. She checked me when I got in. I think it was like four centimetres. And I was like, great. Like it's definitely about by the morning because I think she said it's like a centimetre or a centimetre and a half every hour or an hour and a half or something like that. So I was like, cool. By the morning we're having a baby. I've got this. I can do it. And then it just slowly got like more and more intense, longer and longer. The hours passing. And then I think in the more early, early hours of the morning she checked me again and didn't say anything and in my head and I think Alex had said don't tell her if it's bad and in my head I was like she didn't tell me it's bad and then it just like got inside my brain yeah it It just like really rocked me and then I asked and she's like so you haven't progressed but things are softening and I was like oh my god it has been like six hours and nothing has changed and I've just been through like in the shower for a few hours, in the bath for a few hours, back in the shower, standing and And rocking. you're like, they're going to check me and they're going to be like, I can feel in, hair. In my, head, in my head, I'm like, she's going to say eight centimetres. I'm definitely eight centimetres. I'm, I'm on the home stretch and then nothing. I was like, heartbreaking. And then I think the doctor came like a few hours later and he checked me and was like, yep, yeah, maybe half a centimetre. And it'd been like another four hours. And I was like, oh my yeah. God. And then that happened for like a few more hours I think it got to about 11 a.m 12 and then by that stage the midwife had changed over and had a different midwife the first one was very like you know I won't interrupt you I'll let you do your thing we'll keep it dark you just be in your space and like have your music going and then the shift changed and this new one came in and she's like what do you want do you want morphine do you want the epidural whenever you need it like, <laughs> yeah, no. and in my head I was like oh no she's just offered it to me so I'm like yep give it to me I need it <laughs> oh my gosh you've been in labor for like 24 hours by this stage <laughs> yeah give yourself some credit yeah and then yeah eventually the obstetrician was like you know I think it's time to have some other decisions because it's been going on for a long time and you know, you're not progressing and this happens a lot because it's your first birth and your body gets a little bit confused along the way on how to, you know, fully relax and open up and you're obviously in a lot of pain so maybe you should consider it. And then I was like, yes. And how was <laughs> Hurry <that>? up. 
How was it? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. As soon as it hit, like I couldn't feel anything mm. except I got the shakes yeah. really bad. Mm. So I was like They're so exhausted, like, you know, like really delirious, exhausted, but I couldn't like feel any pain anymore. So I was relieved. But then I was just this big shake and Alex was like, oh, my God, what is happening to it? Like it's normal. I'm like convulsing. Yeah, you're like you're having a seizure yeah. or something. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I feel fine. I just can't stop this. And was there anything that Alex did in the room to help you along the way? Oh, he was so amazing throughout my whole labour. I think that was, like, one of the biggest advantages of doing that hypnobirthing yeah. course because he knew how to help me. Wow. Like, he learned all these techniques to, like, massage me, the pressure points, like, to encourage me and, like, putting the playlist on, like, getting me in the shower. and Because, like, there's so many stages where I just couldn't even vocalise what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm just in this, like, trance where I'm thinking of what I want to say for hours and then I – Hours later, I'm like, I still haven't said what I wanted to say. <laughs> but he just knew what to do or, like, how to help me. So absolutely amazing. I and think that's a general consensus is that those calm birthing and hypnobirthing courses, oh. they're almost better for the partner than yeah. they are for the Because then they mother. feel like, okay, I'm, they're I'm involved. Yeah, I'm empowered. I can help make decisions on your behalf and I can, like, you know, get amongst it, know what's happening. Because I'm out there just looking at you like, holy what shit, is happening? going on with her? <laughs> exactly. That's oh, so it was good. the best thing we could have done, honestly. And then did you have to push for long or? Um, put, it was about from when they had the epidural, was say midday. So, like, I think they came and checked me in half an hour. They're like, we'll probably give you two hours to have a sleep, rest, and we'll come back and be ready. But they came back in, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and they're like, oh, okay. The head's there. Oh, amazing. And it's time to start pushing. Like, it might be, like, an hour of pushing, but, like, it's time to start. And I was like, oh, amazing. Like, why except, didn't I do this except, earlier? Except I was, like, really wanted that sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I need that sleep. I need the power. I think I was, like, I've had no food since – hadn't slept because I went to labour in the day. Mm. Yeah. I hadn't slept since the night before. That didn't sleep all through the night, so I was so tired and hadn't really eaten – actually hadn't eaten anything since, like, 7 p.m., so I was like, give me a lemonade, I need the sugar, I need – like, I was like – It's not fair, is it? It's like you go through this marathon for, like, 24, 48 hours, whatever, however long this <laughs> this labour is, and then you don't get your sleep back and then you have to wake up every few hours to be yeah, in I was going to say 10 weeks later you're probably still like, oh, what I would have done for that two-hour nap. <laughs> that, that would have been fabulous. <laughs> would have changed everything. <laughs> so it ended up being, like – really quick after that but we ended up having to have I had to have an episiotomy and forceps delivery because I feel like that's he the was, first first birth of it, like a lot of yeah. people same as me I remember him saying like so I'm gonna have to cut an episiotomy and I was like do you have to he was like yeah I was like oh, okay yep do it then yeah. yeah he's like trust me we need to yeah okay and then um, after I was like so how many stitches he's like too many to count <laughs> oh, okay it's like the answer when they checked you it's like you don't want to know the numbers yeah he's like yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, ready. And how did you find the first few weeks of parenthood? Well, the first few days were great because we stayed in the hospital for three nights. So, like, that was amazing because we had the midwives constantly helping us. I think I remember the night when the milk starts to come in mm. and Bobby was feeding, like, it, like, didn't sleep, just kept feeding, feeding, crying, feeding, crying, feeding. And I remember that prior to that, the midwife saying, tonight's probably going to be a bit of a rough night, just be prepared. And we are like, yeah okay whatever and then literally it was like non-stop got to 3 a.m and like they came in and we're like we haven't slept and I started bawling my eyes yeah. out because so I was like he just won't stop crying he won't stop feeding I thought I was doing something wrong and they're like no 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 this is what we talked about it's okay and then they're like 
feed him again and then we'll take him and we'll bring him back to you in a few hours. And they literally like wheeled him away and we went to sleep for like three or four hours. Woke up and I was and he was there in his little bassinet by the bed asleep and I was like, oh, they're angels. They really are angels. angels. The way it works though is so unfair. Like for both girls we had that first night where they go into that hibernation sleep where they sleep for a really long time. And I remember with Poppy being like, oh, Everyone says parenthood's so hard. Like, <laughs> we've got this sorted and, and you can't sleep because you're, like, watching them. And then the next night or the third night, you're like, why didn't I sleep when I had <laughs> yeah, the chance? You're like. I think the first night <clears throat> I remember he slept for, like, six hours or something. Yeah. And we woke up and we, like, they're, like, the meals came and they're like, so you should feed every three hours. We're like, he just slept for six hours. We're like, oh, my God, are we, like, killing the child already? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. They're like, it's fine. He's, like, probably exhausted from birth. He's just having a big sleep we're like oh, okay and, and then we're like they're like but set some alarms just in case yeah and do you feel like you had the baby blues or anything like that it was weird okay so after birth because I was so drained and exhausted I remember when they put him onto my chest I was so emotional but I couldn't cry it was like I was like I just couldn't like work out my emotions like I was so felt so intensely emotional but I didn't have the tears I remember mm-hmm. my sister was bawling her eyes out Alex was bawling his eyes out and I was like oh my god why aren't I crying like what is wrong with my body? And I was just like in such an exhausted state. And then like a few hours later when we'd like cooled down into our room, sitting there with him, I just started bawling my eyes out and I like couldn't control myself. It was like the tears were just like so delayed. And then I think two or three days later was when I felt a bit like the blues where it's like you've had all the excitement of everyone coming to meet him and it's like then you're like, oh. Okay, it's like that after a festival feeling where you've had all this excitement. Yeah, and then you get home and that's got to like, come down. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, a natural yeah. come down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I feel like when you get the baby on your chest, it's like the most incredible feeling ever. You feel high, but you're also in a state of shock, and you're also almost you're so relieved because you're just like, "What was that?" Yeah, and I'm so <laughs> glad that's over. It's such a weird feeling. I, like, kind of, like, cried but with no tears. Yeah. It was a similar Yeah. Thing. And I was like, is it the drugs? Like, <laughs> is it the epidural? Like, what's wrong with me? And I think you almost, like, assume how you're going to feel when you have your baby but there's no way that you can ever yeah. be ready for that feeling. Yeah. So it's never going to be exactly how you, how you expect it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And what about when your milk came in? That was when we got home and I just remember being like, oh, my God. God, I've had a boob job. Yeah. <laughs> Instant, I was like rocks. sending stories to my sister. I was like, you've got the actual boob job, I've got the natural one. <laughs> I was like, check it out. <laughs> we look identical again. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Get me in a bikini. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. And did Bowie take to breastfeeding well? Yeah. Or? I was really scared about breastfeeding because, I, because I'm a dietitian and we learned in uni about like the nutrition of breast milk and how good breastfeeding is for a baby. I was like, in my head, I was like, I have to breastfeed. And I had this like fear that I wouldn't be able to because I wanted it so bad. And I just had this feeling like, I think because I had small boobs, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll like be able to breastfeed. It was just like some weird preconception that I had. And then I was, I've had no issues. So I'm like really, really thankful for that. But I did have a friend who had a baby like six weeks before me give me like a little warning. She's like, breastfeeding has been the hardest thing for me. Do some research before. So you're yeah. not trying to work it out as you go. So I did like watch so many. I literally laid on the couch one day and just YouTubed 
breastfeeding tips for like hours on end and just watch so many videos and then being in the hospital with the midwives every midwife would come in and give me tips and like show me different techniques and things and I think that really really helped but don't you think it can also be overwhelming because everyone has a a different different way okay I just kind of picked the different things I liked from what everyone said yeah but yeah it it helped so much so so much and what about the healing of your episiotomy very painful I was sitting in frozen nappies for a couple of weeks for sure and then when they came in after and I was like oh can I get some like pain relief they're like yeah here's some Panadol I was like is that it are you serious and you want something stronger and you swollen vagina it's like I had my first shower and went what have I grown a dick And, I mean, I was scared and I haven't had an episiotomy, but I was scared enough to do my first poo. I couldn't even imagine. I didn't think I had to. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm not pooing for two weeks. Like, don't care. I'm just going to hold it in. I'm not pooing. I'm so afraid. Someone said, like, oh, and how is it how you have to poo before you leave hospital? I was like, what? And then I said to the midwife, I was like, do you have to poo before you leave? She's like, oh, have you not done one yet? I was like, yes. I promise I have. She's like, oh, no, you have to. We can't let you go until you do one. I was like, oh, you're going to have to give me something because I'm afraid. She's like, it's not as scary. She gave me, like, the pear juice and like mm-hmm. the Movacol and she's like just have all this and then when you're ready and I like went into the toilet put on a playlist of music and I was like relax don't think <laughs> about it and it, <laughs> it wasn't as terrifying as I thought it was going to be totally I know it, it was just this fear as you think. you're sitting there like oh my god what's gonna happen well it's not coming out your vagina so it can't be too bad but yeah, yeah it's pretty pretty violent. what did you think was the most unexpected part of that like real newborn phase for you the most unexpected or like part. or what you wish you knew about before that you didn't know about hmm I think the course that we do kind of prepped us with a lot of that stuff probably the recovery for me was more intense than I thought because I think I was just like oh yeah mm. I'm out then I'll be up and about walking around all good but like those first like week or so I remember just like just to sit down I'd like have to like crane myself into the seat and be like wait wait don't put him onto my lap yet no but I have to get ready yeah. and I'd just be sitting there like wincing in pain like okay it's getting a bit better buzzing to me like that yeah. bit was the most intense for me yeah the most unexpected and yeah. how did you feel the afterbirth pains when you fed not oh, they weren't too intense I've heard some women say it's like almost like labor it was kind of just like period pain for me well, that's good. But I'd read a couple of posts. I didn't know that it existed until, uh, again, someone on my Instagram, so great. Someone on Instagram posted about their afterbirth pains, and I was like, what does that mean? And I remember reading about it and being like, oh, okay. So I expected it, mm. and it wasn't as intense. I think some women say it gets worse in it does. future babies. Definitely right? does. Okay. And that's why you probably have it so right in your mind because you just had your third. I honestly reckon it's worth worse than birth. Oh my gosh. I I'm can't just have one babe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just such it's the most it's it's like a real gory, gross feeling because it literally is your body expelling the blood and the gush. And you just feel yeah. this gush as it happens. And while they're yeah. breastfeeding while they're breastfeeding. Like you haven't got enough going on and that's all happening. You're like, oh it's too much. But yeah. it doesn't last. It doesn't last long. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, that's right. I, now I'm remembering the. <laughs> I feel like, like with Poppy, I found it so intense because I didn't expect it. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, I thought this whole birth labour thing was over. Like, yeah. what is happening yeah. now? So. I feel like when you expect things and you know that it's coming, it helps so much more. Rather totally. than like, and what about when they come in and they're like, all right, we're just going to check in and see if everything's come out. They just literally press on your belly like it's like, no, <laughs> yeah, yes. press, press, press. And, you're and like, then they're like, do you want to have a f-? I remember, I remember going into the bathroom and having a shower straight after and I was like I can't, can't even look 
in the mirror. And I remember my sister coming in with me and she was like, like, I think I leant over and she's like, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even want to look. And then she said something about like your butt being black. And I was like, and then it's like, it's always like that. Lauren's like, mine's definitely not like that. And then the bum hole. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was under like, pressure. Yeah. It, it goes like that from birth. And then. And because you. But the was like, no, no, that's, that's normal. Like you're all like that. Lauren was like, Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, you, you bleach yours. <laughs> I was going to say it's because we always see porn stars and strippers. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any must-have newborn products or anything that you feel like you really didn't need to buy? I was the person who was like, I need to have every little thing on the list. Well, I haven't ended up using any of the nipple shields and things like that because yeah. I didn't need them. I think we also went a bit overboard on the nappies and then he outgrew them. Mm-hmm. And we also went overboard on the really small clothing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because the whole way through my pregnancy, the obstetrician was like, I reckon about six, seven pound. And he ended up being eight pound and like so long, like his dad. So like everything grew out of too quickly. So probably like hold up on like the tiny, tiny clothing until. Oh, and you can always nip, you can just you nip down the street. Yeah, you can send something. your mum or your sister to go yeah. grab that stuff for you when they're born. Yeah. And in terms of things that we've really used, that love to dream oh, yeah. zip suit, we use them. And like when it's in the wash and it's wet, or like when one of them is and then we can't find the other one, it's like, oh my God, how are we going to yes. be able to sleep tonight? Get it in the dryer. Let's get the hairdryer on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. terrified. <laughs> I've also used the Hucker Pump a lot. Yeah. Because it's just good to put on the other side while you're feeding, collect it, and then I can just have some on store. Like right now, I give Alex a bottle in case. That's so good. Casey cries while he's out with him. What else have I used? They have a dummy as well, that Hucker brand. That I think one day I lost that dummy, and then I had this other one, and he didn't take it, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> he's not taking this other one. And then literally, I was like, I don't remember the brand. I don't know where it came from. How do I find this dummy? And then oh. it, they sent me another package, and it was they had one in there. I was like, it's like. So they, knew, <laughs> they knew I needed the dummy again. They, they felt my heart rate. They felt, <laughs> felt the stress. Other new one things, those mats, we have a play mat mm. that's a vegan leather one. I think the company's called Henley. Mm-hmm. And I love that thing because you can just wipe it down after. Yeah. And then you can like pee on it, pull on it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Wipe it. We fold it up and take it with us everywhere yeah, as awesome. well. So I love that. Did you use the snoo? Oh. Look, we're not in a good place with the snoo right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit of fast. We won't talk about it. Well, no, let's, no, 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 let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think we – so my friends have it and they love it and I think they introduced it early enough. We got to like four or six weeks and I was like, I want the snoo because I was seeing people talk about, my baby slept for eight hours and I was like, oh, I want like, – Bowie's not a bad sleeper. He sleeps great. He sleeps for like four to five hours. Like a normal first, baby. Yeah. Newborn. And then he wakes up at like 2 a.m., feed and you know change his nappy 45 minutes put him back to bed and then we're sometimes up at 5 or 6 a.m and then it's like cool wake up once in the night i can do that that's not as scary as i thought the whole newborn stage was going to be and then so i was like but i want more i was like let's get this snow let's try it out and then we got it and i was like all right it's going to be great because it plays the music it rocks them and i think he was taking to it well as though when you put him into it when he's really sleepy and then it starts rocking them he sort of like murmurs and then goes oh, and goes back to sleep and so I was like, oh, okay, this is working really well. But he was waking every two hours. And then oh. he'd like wake and be like, and I get up, like lean over to him and he's like laying in it rocking with his eyes. Like, <laughs> like help me, save me. And because like as they cry, it gets more intense. By the time like I'm up, it's like shaking him. And he's in there like, what's happening? What's happening? And he looks genuinely terrified. And I, I wish, like, zip him out, I wish him out. everyone could see video footage of this one. Oh, that was so good. Long hair just flailing in the air. 
eyes popping out of her head. <laughs> oh my god! So, and then like I was like to Alex, no, we got to keep at it. I think this is normal. Like give it, <laughs> give it a week. A week had passed, still happening. And then I was like, Alex, give it another week, still happening. And then I was like, let's give it the third week. I reckon some like you know my friends have said two weeks, give it two weeks. I'm like, let's give it three weeks. And then by the end of that, yeah, I was like, fucking I was like, we're not fucking. And she's like, I'm chucking in the bin. I was like, no, please don't. One of those things. If it's not broke, don't fix no. it. Yeah. yeah. And then he and then we literally. Put him back into the normal non-moving bassinet, and he slept for six hours. Yeah, the first, not hasn't everyone. gone to six hours the first night, and he's still back at his four or five hours. But the first night we did it without six hours. And Alex looked at the time as soon as we woke up. He looked at him and went, "It's four a.m." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I told you it doesn't work." I was like, "Shit!" And we are going to do a consult with. They have sleep consultants. Maybe so he's I got in mo- contact may- with them. Maybe he's motion sickness. <laughs> so I was like, maybe he's used to being still, and now he's like waking up, like, oh god, I'm sick. Yeah, <laughs> all this rocking. <laughs> Let me be still. But uh, we're going to do a consult with them because they have a really great team of people who will help, and they have sleep consultants that want to make it work for you or find ways settings that you can use we might be doing it all wrong so i'm going and see if they can help us they're like can you take it off turbo (laughs) (laughs) take it off the psycho mode and just tone it back a bit what are your favorite parts of motherhood so far Uh, i think i've just like enjoyed it as a whole so much more than i well i knew i was going to enjoy it but i just like it's just like this i don't know it's really hard to explain like i'm trying to explain it to my friends who don't have kids Mm. and i'm like it's like the lovey for your puppy but like more intense i was like because you literally like you create it and every little thing they do like you're so excited about like we got a giggle the other day and i was so excited i'm like oh my god like this is crazy like you know you'd think like getting their first word or walking be really exciting but i'm like literally like he smiled and i'm like oh my god smile like every little thing they do is like this huge exciting thing so i think like i don't know it's just like having that person that you've created and then just like cheering on every little milestone that they make. I just can't explain it. I remember before we had kids, Nick was like, okay, we can't be one of those people who's like, oh, my God, look, our baby old. (laughs) Next minute. (laughs) Every day. Oh, my God, you're so clever. (laughs) Literally. And I'm sure every mum thinks this, but, like, when you, like, came out and had, like, a strong neck, like, he has a strong neck, he must be, like, so advanced. (laughs) I'm like, he's before his time. He's definitely going to be an athlete. He's going to be, yeah, Yeah. like he's going to be an Olympian for sure. It's like basketball or golf are putting you into those sports. They're money makers. <laughs> so good. And what would you say the most challenging parts are? The most challenging? I mean, the sleep because it's like you literally like, when will I get an uninterrupted sleep ever again? Don't worry, it comes. <laughs> when it comes, I'll be like, does oh. it? I'm still getting. Oh, Yumi woke up. When does it come? I don't know. Yumi woke up at like four times last night she's 18 months I think 18, 19 months whatever 1.5 and she just started like Mom! and I walk in and I'm like what <laughs> and she's like and puts her arms up to me and then I pick her up and she just starts pointing to the door like she's over being awake like she just asleep. wants asleep so she just wants to get yeah. me out and I'm like no go back to bed and she's like Mom! and we were just like oh dear get her a bottle we handed her a bottle she piped down chachi <laughs> but i feel like i feel like with the first you are like i am never until i until the kids are 18 i'm never gonna get a full night's sleep yeah, ever again and then all of a sudden it happens i started Don't reading i, I decide but it wasn't because of that no i agree you do i feel like parenthood literally is like a roller coaster you have those really hard times but then when you go up the hill and you get those really good times you're like this is the best thing ever and then you might have a little hiccup again like you know they get sick they have developed have you developed (laughs) i haven't 
developmental milestones and there's so many things going yeah. on that as long as it isn't a consistent like you know train my word of advice is you just don't get used to anything yeah like no, when they're sleeping the, through the you just just enjoy it don't expect anything just yeah. enjoy it because and don't think it's forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the hard things too. Like, the hard things aren't forever. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, the good things aren't forever. And oh, Sophie. Right. <laughs> well, and, like, no, every right. month there's, like, a hard part that comes with that month. But then there's, like, an even better thing that comes yeah, with Yeah, it's month. like I feel, like, sad when, like, new things happen or he changes and then I'm like, oh, wait, but I missed that before. Mm, like, yeah. even looking back at the old photos and videos when he was, like, a little newborn, I'm like, he's never going to be that again. And then I, I get really emotional because I'm like, I'm never going to see that version of him again. Like, he's changed into this version. I love this version, but I miss that but one. But a very serious like, oh. question, how much has your camera roll increased? Oh, in I literally get notified. Like, I'm trying to, like, video and then it's, like, <laughs> camera roll full. 50,000 yeah. photos on my camera roll at the moment. And it's sick, and that's after three days after deleting. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I was on holidays, and I was like, I need to take more photos. I was, like, going through. I'm like, what can I easily do? I'm like, screenshots. All right, delete. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, I'm like, I find it so hard. I know. It is. And yeah. it's, like, 50 variations of the exact same yes. thing, but you're, like, every single one of the faces are cute. Exactly. And, and it takes a lot of shots to get like the cute one because half the time he's like pulling like three chins and like looking at me like he's about to do a poo and I'm like come on <laughs> get it together for me how have you found the journey with your postpartum bod I think are you showing us can we see yeah. <laughs> she's flashing us yeah. <laughs> flashing well I think the first few weeks was like sh- pretty shocking because like everyone talks about having that like squishy belly and that was like pretty like the first couple of days I was like I can't even look in the mirror it makes me queasy because it was just like so pudgy and funny looking and I was just like and feeling it as well I think it was just that like because you're going from this mm. big tight belly to this like squishy like pudgy thing that's like all floppy and I was like oh it makes me feel weird so I had to just like put the compression tights on just to suck it all in so I was like okay I can I can bear to stand up and not get dizzy looking at myself but I think I mean it's difficult because pre-pregnancy you have like your body and then post-pregnancy you have your body and in my mind I'm just like this is just a new body this is like I'm not gonna get back my body as they say or like get my pre-pregnancy body back because it's never going to be the same because I've been pregnant and I've birthed a baby so I have a new mum body Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty okay with that but I think for me at the moment the stretch marks is probably the biggest thing for me because now when it like shrunk shrunk down it's more obvious and I'm like are they gonna fade even though everyone says they will are they gonna fade and then obviously like the recovery to getting back into exercise has been a lot more intense than I expected and I've been seeing a women's health physio which has been amazing and just started doing some pilates and walking basically yeah nice but previously I loved running like long distance running I loved heat exercise like going f45 and I feel like that's like a little bit in the distance for me. Yeah. And I remember in pregnancy, those later stages, reading up, like, when can I start exercising again? Like, I want to jump straight back into it. When can I start running again? and researching it. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I have to wait, like, six weeks for a checkup. And then I might not be able to, maybe another six weeks till I can actually go for a run. But now that I'm in this stage, I'm like, oh, I don't really care. No. Because I'm so busy with a baby jumping, like, walking and bopping him around and, like, you know, even just squeezing and pilates three times a week is a bit of an effort. But you're I'm breastfeeding and you're exerting energy constantly yeah. anyway. And I'm like, I don't need to look ripper in a bikini right now. Like, 
Well, can I just I, had a baby. Can I just say, I haven't just had a baby. I do F45 and I go for runs and I pee myself and I still have a mum tum. So <laughs> and I pee myself. <laughs> just just enjoy. <laughs> because you had an episiotomy, do you have to do anything different pelvic floor-wise? It can, it can be a bit more damaged, I guess, a bit weaker. So that's, yeah, that's why I went and seen the pelvic... Did you see? I haven't. I because I got referred to see one, but I'm just so busy that I haven't got there. But I really, really want to see one. What do they teach you? Well, they do like a full. Like she did a full internal examination. I didn't realize it was so intense, but she fully like goes in there, (laughs) makes you like tense your pelvic floor while she's feeling around and like telling you what's going on, checking to see if like your bladder and your uterus are in the right spot and what they do when you tense your pelvic floor and, like, what parts are weak, what aren't. Oh, wow. Amazing. And then, like, give you exercises to work on, except it's, like, here's your things you should do. And then she, I come back two weeks later and she's like, did you do it? I'm like, I did it, like, four or five times, you know. The day's got <laughs> I should have a pelvic floor of steel now. <laughs> and then we've moved on to trying this new little device called an Aquaflex, which is kind of like a plastic tampon that you put up, put up there and then – you meant to, and there's weights. You like unscrew it, and you can add different weights to it. And start <laughs> you with, put start, it inside. Yeah, start with no weights, and then you build the weights up. So does it's it kind of like weight training for the vagina. Yeah, does it vibrate too? No. <laughs> <laughs> Pelvic pleasure. <laughs> that might be the advanced version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. The, the, the and how often do you do this? I'm just looking at it. She, she, I was told to do it every second day. And do you? you have no. been talking about doing your pelvic floor since we spoke to Cora and Flora store. Everyone knows I pissed my pants, yes, and I need to do it. And I know I should be doing her course. Can we this... hold you to it? Huh? All right, hold me to it. But I'm just, you guys can't see, sorry, but I'm going to show the people in the room. This well, is Ellie knows because she has my arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what you put in your vagina. Yeah, and there's two different sizes because the bigger size is easier version yeah yep. and then the smaller size because it can fall out easier because oh, it's about holding it on like so you it. put it in just for 20 minutes and you go about your day and then take it out and it's just and then you build up so it's a it's forcing you to actually it's, it's to build the tone in your pelvic floor jade will get to like 16 hours later and she'll be like <laughs> shit i forgot to take my leg out i'll be like boom check me out <laughs> come at me nick will never be able to get in there again <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream he wants to oh, want to live for yeah do you feel that your relationship with your sister or your friends has changed at all because most of your friends don't have kids? Kind of a little bit. Like there's definitely moments like we've still been able to like go to dinners and like go away on trips and trying to do as much of the stuff we used to do. But there is moments where it's like, okay, guys, can we do like, you know, a 5 p.m. dinner? Can we do an earlier dinner? Or like they want to stay on and drink. We're like, okay, we're going to go. And there is moments where you feel a bit like, oh, I'm like FOMO. I want to stay, but I can't. Or like, I want to have another cocktail, but I can't. So like, there's definitely like moments of like FOMO. And there's definitely moments where it feels like, I don't know, like there's a bit of like, oh, you're a mum now. Kind of, I don't know. Like, do you think that's worse because you're a twin? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Why? I don't know because I feel like there's almost that like, direct comparison. comparison of where your life is at compared to ah. theirs yeah like there's like there's just uh, there's been a few moments where it's been a bit like like she'd be like i'm going out and partying and i'm like oh okay like you're gonna come see me <laughs> yeah you i'll tell you what really good question okay. can't you give him to your sister and he might i know that you got breast milk and he would smell who you are but would could you trick him but so many people keep asking, like, is he confused? I'm like, I can't ask him. I don't know. <laughs> but there has been times where he's, like, on her chest he and confused? he starts getting the head, like, oh, like what's is it called when they open their mouth? Yeah, he is. Yeah. 
But I think there's so much more that your baby knows of you than the way you look. Like, I feel like you would smell, smell different. That's what I think. I'm like, I smell milky. Yeah. You yeah. don't. It's a skin. It's a scent. Everyone has a scent. Yeah. Like, this is weird, but, like, I can tell the two of you apart, so I feel like Bowie probably could too. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not sniffing you to find out. Aren't you? <laughs> like, maybe in the first weeks when he couldn't really see, but then again, he'd be mainly focused on smell. And Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But he definitely, I feel like he does. What do they call him when the baby, like, Opens their mouth and like at the breast. I don't know. I just call it looking for tip. He definitely does that with her. Yeah, there you go. And what about your relationship with Alex? Have you found that that's changed at all? I feel like we've become closer because it's kind of like another level of what's the word I'm looking for? Connectiveness. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word. Connection. Connect. <laughs> Let's have that as a word. Connectiveness. Like yeah, it's like a deeper level, like and a deeper appreciation for each other. Just seeing like the way he's transitioned into fatherhood and him seeing the way I've transitioned into motherhood. It's like a deep connection there. I mean, on the level of like sexual intimacy, that has definitely changed because <laughs> that is just like a whole nother poor game. But like, yeah, as a relationship, it's just like a deeper appreciation for each other totally. and like sharing this like human between us and like all these moments and just being so excited. Like constantly we're just like, oh, do you just love him so much? Yes. Do you? Yes. Like, oh, and it's just like, so, and like, has so it lived up to all of his expectations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, like, obsessed. He's like, I'm just obsessed with him. I was just reading this question saying, do you feel pressure to get back in shape? But I feel like listening to you is so real and down to earth that, like, correct me if I'm wrong, you are just absorbing this and taking yeah. it all in and letting everyone know that this is your journey and you're okay with it's it. It's okay to take as long as... It needs to take. Yeah. I was talking to my friends, my sister and stuff, when we were way over in Hamilton Island, and I was saying, because years ago, back when I was in uni and when I was first into health and wellness, I definitely got into, like, a really bad mindset of being so obsessed with being healthy that I was definitely, like, unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so unhealthy. And, like, I look back at the photos and I'm like, oh, my God, I was, I looked really gross, like, way underweight. And I remember being so obsessed with, like, the number on the scale, obsessed with, like, how much like the way I looked and how much I ate and just like so fixated on every meal and I was like honestly I feel like in my journey to like becoming more like comfortable in my skin and my body pregnancy was like the best thing for that I think I had this preconceived idea that it would be the worst thing for it that I'd like hate my body and be like just sitting there hating myself but it was almost like I became more appreciative of my body and letting it do its thing and then so after I feel like like I was saying to them I'm like you know I'm in like probably the worst shape I've ever been but I'm the happiest I've ever been I was like it's it's so weird like I don't sit there and feel guilty after I eat a meal. Like I'm kind of like, oh, whatever, like I'll have a cookie or like just so much more relaxed with what I eat, but I feel so much happier. And I think it's drummed into us as women that our bodies are so much about the way they look. And I think once you have a child, you are like, holy shit, my body is so much more than that. It is so much more than that. I would have, I would not want to because I was stick thin when I was a teenager and growing up. I wouldn't want to be seen in a bikini because I was so insecure for some reason. I was just like this. But now that I'm a mum, and I'll tell you, I'm 10 kilos heavier and I have a stomach and I have this and I've got stretch marks. I just, and I may not be, but I feel sexier mm. now than I have ever felt before, even though I have much more weight and mm. I am who I am. It's just very interesting. You know, like I feel like I've achieved so much with this body that that makes me powerful. Yeah, proud. Mm. Yeah. 
It's weird, it's, isn't it? Yeah. It's so weird. Go us. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you eating now? What's what's the the good feels, the go-tos? Because go you'd be hungry with breastfeeding, wouldn't you? Yeah. What are you snacking on in the middle of the night? In the middle of the night, I went through a bit of a phase where we were having cookies and yeah. I was like, I need a break away from the cookies because it's, <laughs> it's not just cookies in the night, it's cookies <laughs> in the day, it's cookies in the morning. I was like, we need to stop buying the cookies. Sometimes I have a protein bar. I always have a cup of tea because when I get up to ha- like do that feed, I'm like, give me a cup of tea. Yeah. It's like the psychology of drinking something that wakes me up and makes me more alert. Otherwise, I'm like feeding him and I'm like <laughs> falling asleep and I'm like waking yes, up an hour later like, oh, shit. Are you a feed in the bed or a feed on a chair? Oh, in the bed. Yeah. yeah. Pop the pillows up. And we always like no TV in the room, never put a TV in the room. As soon as like the first couple of nights of in bed feeding, I was like, we need a TV in the room. Yes. And we went straight to Harvey Norman, got a TV in the room. And I was like, yes, Netflix. You're like newborn essential, new TV. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is an essential in the bedroom. It is. And then I like basically sit up, fall, like, I feel like I'm going to fall asleep, put Netflix on, Alex goes and makes me a cup of tea. And then if we have a snack, like I was having those breastfeeding cookies. Mm. What are they called? Lactation cookies. Yeah, lactation cookies. But I don't think I need them. I'm having <laughs> That's why you had to stop cookies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there was a stage of cereal too. I've, I've had little like food stages. Then there was like a hot chocolate stage, lots of different things in the middle of the night, whatever's. Did you have to, because you're plant-based, did you have to change anything mm. when you were pregnant, like iron-wise? Or... I had an infusion about halfway, oh, about 30 weeks plus around there. Yeah. I had an iron infusion. But I was always, I was never like anemic. I was always just like on the lower end. And then it was like I was taking an iron supplement and like a prenatal supplement through my pregnancy. But then it was like when I hit that 30 plus weeks and had the blood test, it was like it had dropped massively. Mm. Like I think it went from like 27 to five or three or something. Don't worry, mine was exactly the same. And I, was, I ate meats. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, And then yeah. the doctor was like, it's not really about your diet. It's just that they are taking so much iron that he's like, so many women need mm. need it. So like, don't feel bad. So I went and had the infusion and I was like, great. That was easy. And do you think you're going to be like a routine type mom or a go with the flow mom or you'll just I wait and see what both. works? I think I'm, I'm like a go with the flow in the day and then at night we have our routine. Yeah. Like at night we sort of like Perfectly have our day. shower do the massage, feed in the bed, and then put him down for sleep. Like that's our nightly routine. And that's just Alex. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's the baby. (laughs) Put him to bed. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess you can only go with whatever stage you're in now. Yeah, like at the moment, like we've set up our warehouse in Burley, so we're like going to the warehouse. I don't even have a seat, so I'm just sitting on the steps breastfeeding him, like, and there's like tradies walking past. I'm like, sorry, (laughs) don't mind me. And we've got like boxes everywhere, like. It's chaos. And I'm like, this is so fun for you, Bowie. You're like laying on a little play mat on the cement, looking at boxes. <laughs> He's it's all he needs. Seriously. <laughs> How are you finding, what did Eleanor say? Not juggle. How are you finding harmony between mum life and work life? Yes. Oh, it's so hard. I've had to just, I made the like conscious choice through my like late stages of pregnancy just to turn back so many jobs. Like any any campaigns that came up, I was just like, look, I want to do it, but no, I can't. So mm-hmm. I had my agent just basically say, like, no, reach out to us in, like, three, four months' time and we'll see where we're at. So I, like, gave up a lot of work so that I wouldn't be so stressed. But even now, like, I'm into, like, nearly three months post where I thought I'd be getting back into work and I'm like, oh, my God, it's so hard to, like, find the time mm-hmm. to do this because all the time I need Alex to help me with things. Yeah. But he's it's like, oh, you hold the baby. And then I'm like, okay, who's going to film me or who's going to take the photo? Yeah. <laughs> How true. am I going to film this recipe? Like, 
before when I was pregnant or like before pregnancy, I was constantly creating like new food videos and like creating new recipes. Now I'm like, don't know when I'll do that again. Honestly. The tribe wants your best friend because my husband and I have got a cooking Instagram page. Yeah. And I used to film he I'm not the cook, he's the cook. And I used to film it all. And then when we had Goldie, our second, we it's all on a tripod yeah. now because I'm like, I need both hands to hold Goldie and then I just like press play and yep. stop and that's it. <laughs> I'm like, there's no moving around to show different parts yeah. of the tree here. <laughs> I yeah. Know. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and being so open about all things motherhood. It's been a dream to follow and you've been really honest about it all. So thanks so much for sharing that with everyone. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, lovely lady. We've got a dog just cheering you on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.